0: because there is such a thing. And it's not just about Jewish pride, because don't forget a diaspora Jew and a Jew elsewhere and a Jew-ish, is that really enough? Jewish pride, the if not nowers, they've got Jewish pride. The Ben the Ark people, the head of Ben the Ark came after me and threatened me, uh, was literally a lynching threat Okay, to, to the extent of gather her, uh, uh, disconnect from her, even if she is a member of your family. This is very serious what's happening. The, the hate from within and their ability to gather the people because they are fighting for some moral justice. They,
1: they're the mob. They, they are the mob. Oh, um, yeah.
0: It's a great. It's, the, yes.
1: The it's a
0: very mob like mentality.
1: Folks, as you know, social media censorship is growing. The best way to support our video work for Israel is to subscribe to our video newsletter on pulseofisrael.com and to share our videos. If you are already a subscriber, then thank you. Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland and our undivided capital forever, Jerusalem. I am today having a very important talk with an old friend and someone who is very, very knowledgeable about the state of the Jewish people today, as well as from the past. And uh, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Ilana Heideman, who is a doctor of Holocaust studies who actually studied under the tutelage of Elie Wiesel himself, which I'm sure that is a whole episode in and of itself, just to hear the, the richness of that. So let's bring Ilana uh, on. Shalom, shalom, Ilana. How are you?
0: Hey there, Avi. I'm good. How are you?
1: Very well, and it's always a pleasure seeing you and speaking with you. I mean, we go way, way back, back to high school, back to those days where life was so carefree. No worries about the state of the Jewish people back then, right? Well,
0: yeah. Although I remember back in the day when we were showing up at pro-Israel rallies and fighting on Jews for uh, Jew with Jews for Judaism against Jews for Jesus. Just a matter of which battle we're fighting in which generation. It's really right, a yeah. crazy world
1: we're living in. That's true. We 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 always we we always have battles. Just a, today is a much different reality than we were growing up. I think it's much harder to be a teen a Jewish teenager today. And with the outside forces pulling you away from your Jewish identity and from a connection to Israel, then nothing like we had to experience with this kids or please.
0: Yeah, because it's also disconnected. It's so easy to just stare into your phone and all of your relationships are based there. So you don't feel it. You don't. In, you don't integrate this into the, into your conversations because it's all screen based, and it's a real it's a real disconnect. It's not just a disconnect from Israel; it's just a disconnect uh, and from the Jewish world and Jewish identity. But it's a disconnect even from how do we as individuals uh, treat our lives differently when we have this uh, screen in front of us constantly. Versus how do we live our lives when we are not able to use it? That's why religious Jews always love the idea that on Shabbos, you can just shut down. But it's very hard. It's actually hard, even from some for, from some of my friends I know. It's a very big challenge, and that's the same thing teenagers are experiencing, uh, even more so than anybody else.
1: No, that's a very good point. So here, we're I wanted to reach out to you uh, to speak about standing strong against the growing Jew hatred. I mean, you're you're very involved educational yeah. activities um, and with t- tons of jewish organizations uh, you were just involved in the, the the rally that was just held in washington dc how would you explain the situation what, what what is going on what is this growing jew hatred and how are we supposed to stand strong against it
0: so First of all, the Jew hatred of today, uh, people are not often willing to say Jew hatred. They want to use a cleaner word, anti-Semitism. And what we're actually seeing are two different streams, I would say even more, but those who are willing to see it as Jew hatred are willing to recognize that the types of attacks happening on the Jewish world are about our existence as Jews in the world, Jews as neighbors, Jews as community members, uh, Jews who are the eternal stranger. Then you have the anti Semitism stream, which is, well, Semitism is an ism. And nowadays, educators, for example, will claim that anti Semitism also includes hatred against Arabs. But focusing on its origin, anti Semitism was the term referred to the hatred, resentment, emotional expression of uh, of, uh, of this uh, um, uh, negativity towards Jews. Because again, hate isn't where it begins either. Well, if I am a Jew, am I an anti-Semite? Mm-hmm. Am I a Jew hater? These types of conflicts... Uh, only exacerbate the division between what I think these two different terms are, can identify. So what's happening in the world is people are confused over Israel. They're confused over how are they supposed to have dual loyalty without being accused of having dual loyalty? How do I live as a Jew, but also as an American or wherever else you live in the world? Um, if you the, the, the self-conflict that is happening is so powerful. And it's also isolating because then you've got Corona and then you've got the screen and you've got all of the beautiful life being shared by some friends and the hate messages by others. And then you've got the lies and then wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Then I'm confused. Because then now I'm confused again, My myself was already in conflict over where do I stand on attacks against Jews, but now I gotta add into the mix my personal politics on Israel, which okay, you know I know it's supposed to be important to me and I know I'm supposed to love it, but really how am I supposed to live that as a part of my life? So the internal conflict is one of the biggest dangers I believe facing the current state of the Jewish world. But both anti-Semitism and Jew hatred is on the rise. We've seen, I think I saw the statistic was a 485% rise in uh, on in anti-Semitic uh videos and on TikTok just since the start of 2021. You are talking about, you know, multiple attacks of all different kinds that are now being excused, like the attack on Holocaust survivor Sarah Halimi in France, that are excused because. Oh, you know, he's crazy. And that's what's going to happen, by the way, in the recent attacks. Again, it's, well, they're crazy. So it's not really their fault. Well, why are they crazy? They're crazy because the Jews are the disease. You see, the cycle of logic behind the hate applies either to Jew hatred or to anti-Semitism. And the only people who don't accept that that logic is a reality are the Jews, And so we're so busy with our infighting that the state of the Jewish world, unfortunately, isn't just kids. I'll just give you a few of the examples that I know of happening. A kid on a football team in Ohio whose coach had the team members hold him down and force him to eat pork. Um, we know from was already a year ago or a year and a half ago pre-Corona of the the student in Australia was forced down to the ground to kiss the feet, uh, the dirty Jew, the kike, the whatever name is the lingo nowadays, kike is the same as to say Zionist. So now you've got this kid who went on March of the Living or went to Israel on one of these great programs and they were inspired and then they go home and they say, oh, so you you support the killing of Palestinian children? Because it's that easy to create a blood libel against Jews. It is that easy and that logical that then the kid says, wait, 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 what did I, what did they not teach me? And that's why we see Jewish students coming out and creating, if not when, and creating all, if not now, know. and and creating all of these anti-birthright initiatives. So again, what's the state of the Jewish world? We got attacks coming from those who want to destroy Jews. We've got attacks from those Jews who want to destroy Jewish rights. And we've got a growing fear from within the Jewish soul. So I, I'm so excited for Alicia Wiesel and his success in creating the, uh, the No Fear Rally. There were some really incredible people, new voices. I think that's also a really awesome thing. Does that also reflect the state of affairs of the Jewish world? I mean, attendance was low lots of reasons given we have to look out in the mirror and we have to say what can we do better and let's do it and let's stop say oh it wasn't so great okay do it again more organizations, more money. We at Israel Forever were thrilled to be a part of trying to make this happen and bringing new signs and message of stronger together because at the end of the day, the only thing that will save us from the state of the Jewish world is actually working more together to, frankly, as you and I said before, save those who can be saved.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... it. It's kind of um, sad thinking how the world we're bringing our children up. And here, me and you, we're both we're both thankfully here in Israel, raising our children here in Israel. So it's a totally different world. Totally. But even with that, I mean, they're they're open up to social media, uh, whether about things going on in America or or the attacks of fellow Jews. On 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 Israel and and against Israel, um, right? We were happy-go-lucky teenagers. Like we like, yeah, we had rallies to go to every once in a while, but it wasn't a day-in, day-out issue and challenges right. about our identity and scaring us to be publicly Jews or just to be That's worried right. about all these things. And yet our kids are growing up in this world where every day they're bombarded with, with, with these things. And uh, it's like, well, isn't the world supposed to get better? It's like it's 2021, folks, right? It's like, why, why were the 1980s and 80s and 90s a better world than 2021 for the Jewish so, people, in a sense? So
0: I actually wrote an article um, on this uh, that, that is... I believe that Jew hatred, the face of Jew hatred, was able to change its shape, its appearance, um, really as a result of the Second Intifada, because not only did you have this massive onslaught of attacks, but you also suddenly had people legitimizing the attacks, and a lot of those people were Jews, which therefore legitimizes the what would be called anti-Semitism, but we can't call it that now because, you know, I'm a Jew. I can't be an anti-Semite. And that's why we have to have this, uh, you know, I said there's two streams. Well, really, what do we call that? What do we call that stream? Uh, you can't say it's self-hatred. Many of these people are religious or observant in some way or Torah studying in some way. Many are rabbis They are that are willing to put their name forward and basically call for the destruction of the only safe haven and Jewish state in the world, which we have ancestral rights to. I don't know how anybody can read the Torah. I don't understand how somebody can be a Jew and not understand the connection and stand up with the connection to this land. Either that, or it is just a religion. And maybe that's a problem in uh, more for diaspora Jews because I see my kids, they Mm. hear about anti-Semitism from me. God help them. (laughs) Um, And yet we don't talk about it with our family in America because as I'm sure you know, it's not an easy conversation. And so one of the things that I am trying to really push forward is uh, to have the tough conversations but to not let yourselves get derailed by personal partisan politics. That's okay, so or observances. That's it's a hard thing so to do, hard. but it only starts in the home. If a parent cannot have good communication with their children at every single holiday or every single Shabbat, I don't care if you keep Shabbat. I don't care. You know, you don't like candles. It's your business. You don't keep Shabbos in that this way or that way dressed. Who cares? If you look back in history, there was these precepts didn't exist. So, what is it? It's knowing that we're having the conversations that need to be had um, and and making sure that it's a part of, wait, how do I navigate my day? You're right, Avi, it was very easy to be free. But I think that, um, and, and, and kind of happy-go-lucky. We were in Jewish schools. Nowadays, Jewish schools are like, you can't even afford them. And they are, I know from my experience, Um, they're very progressive leaning because they want to be open to all voices, which I have respect for only if the rights of Jews are protected within that progressive stance that you want to stand up with. Um, and unfortunately we're being silenced, uh,
1: progressive voices that preach tolerance are intolerant to those voices that they disagree with. So it's all lost
0: and threatening. Because uh, I'll mention what I said, what I mentioned before, which is that, um, uh, you know, I've been personally targeted by fellow Jewish educators, people who are heads of departments, and because, you know, telling me, we're going to silence you, we're going to, you know, we're the majority. And the problem is, how many will stand up against that? What's our, What's the reaction? To be truthful, I do not, I don't continue to engage. There's no value in engaging, but I don't also have anywhere I can go to to discuss that. We're lacking a different kind of community and maybe that's how we need to use our social media wiser. We need to have, uh, we need to use the platforms that exist to strengthen. We all talk about Am Yisrael Chai and unity. Okay, could we fill it with substance? Because the empty song, That it gets so repeated only because they don't know any other Tfilot or lines from 2,000 years of our history and identity that they could sing. And it's a Shonda. It's a shame. You know, listen, we we had NCSY. You had it at home. We have it at home. We have our parents who are uber Jews. So we know it comes from the home, not the school.
1: Right. No, 100%. And uh, just touching upon one point you mentioned, with Dove, you mentioned how you see a correlation of the growth in Jew hatred with the uh, with the with the Second Intifada. We're talking about back mm-hmm. in the the 1980s, the the uprising, the Arab uprising against Israel um, in Judea and Samaria, and that dovetails with something that I've begun to be vocal about lately. I always knew it, but I never put it into I never it together and now i've put it together and i've been vocal love to hear what your thoughts are the 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 cause called palestine i'm defining as the biggest blood libel against jews in history where people around the world are 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 taking these lies right taking lies like just today i did a video on um Iraqi Arabs who were screaming, this was just in a, in a news broadcast, they were screaming to Benjamin Netanyahu to save them and fly them to Israel, right? Because they want to be saved out of Iraq, right? So these are Iraqi Arabs who want to escape the, the persecution under the, the, the Shiite Iranian Muslim regime. Where do they want to go? They're not, they're not calling to go to Iranian Jordan, Morocco. They don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. They want to go to Israel, right? So is, is, is why would they want to go to a, to a state that has apartheid against Arabs and that persecutes Arabs? No, 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 no. They know the truth. Israel is the best country in the Middle East for everyone. And yet on all the lies as part of the narrative called Palestine, you have Jews being attacked in Los Angeles, in London, in Paris, in North Carolina, in Toronto, And if you think about it, I mean, again, on a historic level, we talk about blood libels, and it started with with the matzahs, the Christians who said that the Jews used Christian blood to make matzah, like total lie, and then it it rallied the troops, and then the, and unfortunately, non-Jews started killing Jews. Well, today, that's the rallying cry of the of the Jew-hating world. This Palestine is the biggest blood libel in history, on a global scale. And the saddest thing is so many Jews are a part of it, not able able to, 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 to realize that they're being used, that their good Jewish soul is being hijacked on progressive values and human rights, which is actually based on total lies. And they think they're being Jewish, but in the end they're actually pushing away from their Jewish identity and and actually enabling the growing Jew hatred against their own people and own homeland. So, what what, what what what? Let's hear your thoughts on that.
0: I absolutely agree. We're talking not only about the 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 biggest blood libel with the greatest impact internally in history. I do think that's absolutely true. Um It's also you know uh there's a meme circulating, and it's just so. Well said. Uh, that you know, Goebbels would be proud because it's also the greatest propaganda campaign. Why are they so successful? For the same reason that anti-Semitism has. We have documented writing about anti-Semitism from the year seventy. You know, before the Common Era, uh, we know we have these. We have this type of sentiment against the Jew, who is the other. The the Palestine dilemma is a dilemma of a name that has now become an identity. And as many people will say, you can't negate it. That's how they identify. You have to accept it. So we have a problem. There's no name we can use. Okay? What do you call those Others, what do you call the blood libel? Is it a lie about Palestine? Is it a lie about Palestinians? My grandmother, 1924, Dr. Niafo, you know, left in 1927, she's Palestinian, right? But nowadays, um, the Jewish level of literacy of pre uh, pre-conflict Israel is so low that they are convinced the blood libel is true. Now, I will say, by the way, that's that's also a pattern I see in young Jews today anyway in terms of questioning. As an educator, there have been times I've been talking with students about blood libels and the history of anti-Semitism as it led up, as it became something physical with the badge manifestation, all the different histories that, um, unfortunately, most people don't know enough about. And don't think about how it has a message for us to learn from today, but uh, but these 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 patterns were never accepted also by Jews. These students are saying to me, "Well, how did you know the Jews didn't actually kill the Christian child?" So. So hang on I'm telling you that the child was found uh, Simon of Trent the famous um, the child was found he had gone to the grandmother's uh, but he went along with this okay I'm telling you the facts are there and you're still asking me how do we know the Jews didn't do something that aroused the hatred of the Germans and made them you know really in a position where they have no choice but to kill the Jews oh So here we are today, everyone is legitimized with that. Uh, The the BLM, and again, I'm all for the rights of all people. But when a movement categorically states a lie as a basis for its hatred towards a a particular group, that group being Jews, if it were any other group, it wouldn't be acceptable. But here you have massive movements who have made the blood libel So acceptable, so palatable. It is on Vox and AJ Plus. It is everywhere. And frankly, being so small of the people in the world, we cannot win. So the only option is how do we strengthen from within? Okay. Because the Palestine lie is not going anywhere. Yes, it's the blood libel. Okay, we've been there. Well poisonings. Now that's by the way, not it's an actual libel that they are. Creating for the last fifteen years, and it's now a part of educational programs being taught in public schools in America because well, the poison wells. Yeah, really. Today, they the lies are being taught. Yeah. Our schools where it has been, not necessarily that Jews are poisoning wells with that one example, but how it is an example being given about the apartheid and the persecution of Palestinians oh, by wait, the Jews. Right. Oh, wait, right. I forget the name Jews because it's Israel. It's,
1: right. you know, right. you can't
0: say the But yeah, these are, you. we are seeing that not only has it been 20 years of education within the Arab slash Muslim world, now in the last five, six years, you're seeing the same style of libels taking place in um, public schools, private schools of all kinds. We know on the social media, people are not aware of what's going on in Jewish day schools with their educators. And with their educators at all, it doesn't matter what school, but if you're going to spend that amount of money for a Jewish education and your kids are being educated against the history of our rights as people, I don't, I don't get it. That's again, what do we call them? They're not anti-Semites. They're just naive, ignorant. There's no word. And, uh, you know, Wiesel and I often disagreed on the need for a terminology. Okay? Uh, if you've ever studied the Holocaust, one of the terms that became quite accepted was choiceless choices, right? We, we hear it again and again now because it became accepted over time to explain under the severe reality that they were facing how a Jew could choose between no choice. You are you die or you die or you have this one, you know, one iota of a chance. Um, you know... The idea of adding a terminology has its risks. Same, there's a big debate in the Jewish world about the definition, the need for a definition of of anti-Semitism, the IRHA definition. Common Jew doesn't know the definition, doesn't care. They're not going to stand up against somebody who's saying something against Israel and suddenly, you know, use the definition. So what is its value? If we are not empowering each other through the kind, this kind of dialogue and, and talking with our friends about uncomfortable things because we need to be able to formulate our answer, we're going to continue to be the silenced masses or the silenced minority as these educators are telling me. You're going to be silenced soon. All of you Zionists are going to disappear by Jewish educators and a Jewish education group So uh, as much as I agree on the blood libel, now learn from the fact of the history. What do we do to change it? It's not a narrative. It's not an issue of narrative. Uh, I can even take it a step further, Avi, because you're a PR guy. I know that for years, right? And I'm constantly told by people, Israel has the worst PR. You know what? Maybe we're not supposed to do our PR. Maybe that's the role of diaspora Jewry. And I think if more, and I don't like the word Hasbara, and I don't like the word uh, PR, that's not right, but it is right at the same time. We just can't translate it without it having propaganda added to it by our own fellow Jews. Mm-hmm. So I do think that the only way to counter the blood libel is to say again and again and again, what is the truth? but most people don't know it so they can't say it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Listen, I want to I I, I want to end on a on a positive note and it's going to be a weird positive note. Uh, to leave, to leave peace, people with some positivity in dealing with this reality we're in, and also to touch back on advice from you on because your focus on family and, and having the discussion at the home, what can parents do? What can families do to help their own their own children, their own families in this, in this new reality? And the positive yeah. I, I want to tell people, what I say all the time actually, is that anti uh, let's call it Jew hatred. Jew hatred is nothing new. It's eternal. It's existed forever, and yet we're still here. And again, I'm I'm a believing religious Jew, I believe in God as as best as possible. I try to always remember he's not, he's there running the show. And my only explanation is yeah, God is looking after the Jewish people. We there is no logical reason for the Jewish people to still exist, considering we have been we're the most people in all of in all of history. So me and you, like I like to say, we we were blessed to live in what I call the seventy year bubble where Jew hatred was on a low flame, right? There was the, it became taboo after the Holocaust, the Western world was was shocked at how horrible they they, they went with the, the Germans and the Nazis to the extent they took the Jew hatred, but that taboo's gone, the bubbles, the, the bubbles burst and now people are proud to, to, to be Jew haters. But even though that's growing and people are worried about that, I want people to wake up and like, hello, well, the Jews back in the beginning of the 20th century, they dealt with daily Jew hatred, 19th century daily jew hatred 18th century daily jew hatred we're at, the, at least in our generation we're blessed to have the state of israel with all of its issues right. and but we have our own country we have our own army we're the most blessed generation of jews to be living in a generation even though jew hatred exists but well, we've That's done right. it for thousands of years so don't get down don't get depressed hold up high and be be proud of who you are and that we're still around and we can move forward so now on that note on that hopefully positive note of 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 uh, compartmentalizing, moving forward in this reality, what are your tips to to families, to parents, in terms of the dialogue that's necessary to help move forward? Uh,
0: everything that I do um, is designed to trigger, right? And actually, if we look at life. Our whole lives are filled with triggers, triggers that are good and triggers that are bad. The lie is a bad one. For example, family love, sitting around the table together, whether Shabbat or any other time, those are good triggers for for positive experiences and triggers for negative experiences. I think that parents need to be a little bit more aware about how many triggers our Kids and we as parents are exposed to, and you used a very important word actually the compartmentalization of it, and make a conscious decision to apply not in a compartmentalized manner the idea of being a part of something bigger than just their home lives or their daily lives or their social media lives or work lives, school lives, etc. What are we? Because you know, yes, the people who have faith, they feel it anyway. They they recognize Hashem is looking out. He's He's got the plan no matter what, and it's our job to see the signs and collect the sparks. But that's not the majority of Jews. The majority of Jews are literally living a daily grind and where's the inspiration to do much more? We're tired. I can't fit it in. The only place to do it is to fit it into the crevices that you do have at opportunities where it's very natural. But the only way to do that is to make it natural in your own identity. What do I mean? Uh, you see an article, you share it with your kid, you share it with your spouse, you share it with, share it with not just on your Facebook page, you actually direct message because I personally am a person, I'm not a phone person, I actually don't listen to voice messages, I can't, I, I'm a writer. And so, therefore, writing is a form of expression that allows us to be succinct, but also to delve deeply and to potentially uncover triggers that can have a positive experience a good article, a great meme, those are things that can have more meaning. So in that direction, at Israel Forever, for example, we try to showcase as many programs, galleries of images, things that can be an aid to not only educators, of course, uh, but but to families and to parents. and I would have to add to grandparents. I think that if we don't start getting this conversation happening in the family, whatever our kids are coping with right now, the emphasis for years is on campuses. But guys, it's it's so not just on campuses. that's just where that's where the students or the justice of Palestine lie. has bred so well in the BDS lie, but it's so far beyond that now. You're talking in high school, you're talking in middle schools of kids having, you you should have been sent to the gas with the rest of the Jews in a kid's locker, etched into her locker. Imagine the trauma this child, and you know what? I'm not gonna report it, the girl says. And the mom says, that's okay, it's okay. You don't have to report it, because what are they gonna do anyway? And so we brush it under the rug. And at the end of the day, the conversations aren't had. So what I actually encourage the thing is, hey, what do we say to our kids? Hey, how was your day day today? Make it light, make it positive. Hey, did you counter any Jew Jew hatred today? And I, I don't make light of it, but I do. Because unless we raise ourselves above it, whoa, Avi, I'm even getting emotional here like, I'm very concerned for Jewish family, and I don't think it's only in America. In Europe, they have a whole different post-Holocaust identity reality. And in South America, everybody's got their own issues. Look what's happening in South Africa. Look at what's happening. in in, There isn't a place we can't refer to in its own right of what they're facing. At the end of the day, it's in the Jewish home. It comes from that Yiddishkeit, not how you practice your Shabbat, but it comes from a Yiddish and a Shama, a soul that says, I belong, we belong to something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, back in the day, as you know, Jewish homes were never left. They were never finished. There was always the cornerstone of the easternmost wall that people would leave there as a reminder of Yerushalayim and a reminder of the destruction of the temple. Who does that? We break the glass at weddings and everybody says Mazel but the majority of Jews don't actually know why we do that. You know, we actually created a Jerusalem cornerstone project, inspiring people to, to, you don't wanna leave a corner of your wall empty. I get it. We live in a modern world. Put. Jerusalem on your easternmost corner in your main space. Make Yerushalayim the heart of our heart, soul of our soul, as Elie Wiesel called it, above politics, because Jewish rights and Jewish life and is not about fighting the hatred because it'll never go away. It's fighting the influence of the hatred on ourselves. And we do it with our parents and our friends, and in our youth movements, we have to demand of them to do a better job talking about not just the rights of others but Jewish rights, and uh, and then maybe we can actually save just those few more for the next generation.
1: Yeah, listen, um, uh, I'll just I'll just end by uh, summing that up with a with a point that I like to give over whenever I talk to. Um to, to youth especially, is hold on to your Jewish pride. Strengthen your Jewish mm-hmm. pride. You have so much to They don't God.
0: have schlock so- rock, man. They <laughs> don't, <laughs> they're not saying, my kids know every word dominion, man. I know we're getting personal here at the end. I apologize, but it's true. There is something missing. We got the Maccabees and we've, how do we get it so that it infiltrates deeper? It's not just about, remember, the anti-Israel Jews are very proud Jews and they use it. The pro-Israel Jews that are willing to be vocal and out there and on the front lines and activists and they're the stand with us and best. Go for it. That's awesome. But that's not the majority. Every group I speak to, Birthright and other ages and other groups, they say, okay, you've got all your advocacy classes. You know, we've all, you've heard Neil, Lazarus, you've heard the best. Are you going to go back and be an advocate? How many of you? An activist. You get five people out of 20 raising their hands, five people out of 50, because people don't want to fight. They want to go home and figure out how do I keep my how do I keep the inspiration alive? How do I live with Israel in my heart, even when it's very, very far away? So mm-hmm. we gotta we have to channel uh we have to channel the great thinkers and rabbis of history and know that no matter where we are, you know, uh right. and you want and the, the
1: tragedy is, and this is where like, I like I I I show my I voice my disappointment with uh the Jewish organized world, let's just put it that way, keep it at that. The yep. story of the Jewish people yeah. is the most inspiring story of humanity today. The success was, after 2,000 years of exile and persecution, we have come back to be sovereign in our ancestral homeland and make a country in only 70 years be one of the most. Best countries in the world to any single civilian citizen who lives within it, even with all minorities, that is something to be proud of. And yet, the Jewish organizational world for decades has been afraid of its shadow. And instead of inspiring the next generation of Jews over these 30, 40, 50 years, they've been hiding our story from them. And then that's what leads all these kids, and they're now adults, not just kids anymore to believe the lies and be afraid of dealing with Israel and be afraid of identifying with Israel and be afraid of identifying publicly as a Jew and be and be embarrassed about their Jewish identity. And it's just that to me that's the biggest strategy. We 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 got the best story for any young Jew to it's feel too so complex for people to
0: yeah, but the whole the whole 3000 year story in the mind of many of these young people and and anti-israel uh, no matter of what generation the crux of it is who cares about 3000 years of history you are committing human rights atrocities you get slapped. That's like, you know, you want to shut down an argument, call the person a racist, right? Same thing with, okay, you want to, you know, yeah, yeah, I hear you, and I agree with you. It's a fascinating story. It's been told in a thousand different ways, and it's still fascinating. And what was just discovered, something, a coin from that from uh, 2,000 years ago, and it yeah. says freedom for Zion. Oh, wait a second. Somehow we displaced the Palestinians is so it is so ingrained in their mind that the 3,000 years of history does not matter, Avi. So what? That justifies you being a killer. They can't get away from the lie. They can't understand that it is a lie. They just are given so much brainwashing propaganda. So, you know, we can tell all the truth in the world, but it's still, even when we tell the truth, it's considered a lie. Right. If it's told from the mouth of a Jew, they must be lying. You know, I was told by Jewish students on a year course in Israel that I was an illegitimate Holocaust historian because I'm a Jew. Year course participants, gap year participants.
1: You have no right to talk about your knowledge about the Holocaust because you're a Jew?
0: It's not that I don't have a right to talk. I'm not a legitimate historian because of my bias since i am a jew and i said to them do you realize that that is anti-semitic see now that's not jew hatred that's not jew hatred but it is anti-semitism now i use the term pro-semitism i've used it for years i think i gave birth to it After a jolt, I've been using all my students for 30 years know this term. And I was honored that actually it was somebody else came up with it, too, because it was used in an article about the Rebbe. I was thrilled. I have always used the term pro-Semitism because there is such a thing. And it's not just about Jewish pride, because don't forget a diaspora Jew and a Jew elsewhere and a Jew-ish. Is that really enough? Jewish pride, the if not nowers, they've got Jewish pride. The Ben the Ark people, the head of Ben the Ark came after me and threatened me. It was literally a lynching threat. Okay, to, to the extent of gather her, uh, uh, disconnect from her, even if she is a member of your family. This is very serious. What's happening? The the hate from within and their ability to gather the people because they are fighting for some moral justice. They,
1: they're the mob. They they are the mob. Oh um, yeah,
0: it's a great it's, the, yes.
1: The it's a
0: very mob-like mentality. Right. Because right, well, God forbid, Jews have rights.
1: Right. All right. Well, l- listen. Everything you just said is really important. I want to go back to ending on the positive, and the positive is all the wonderful, all the wonderful uh, uh, words of wisdom and advice that you uh, that you were giving. And yes, it's about uh, instilling within our children and in the homes, and uh, sending and sharing the information and the memes and the articles to instill pride with the with, with the truth with our own children, not to let them be influenced by the outside, but to be able to be prepared to deal with all of that hatred and based on lies in the outside world because we're doing our best in the home to right. develop that 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 Jewish pride in their in their identity.
0: A and lot- I'm gonna add to that, Avi, kids yeah. should be the, the kids can also be the people that it comes from. Um, you know, the empowerment of youth was something I think that when we were younger was also very different. Now empowerment of youth is very, uh, um, I'd say, uh, you know, violent. I, I, don't, I mean, that's what's happening. We're watching people become more and more violent in the way that they engage. Um, but uh, I think that we should be empowering our youth also to be, uh, trigger be- more towards that positive messaging uh instead of always feeling like the parent has to talk down make give the child an opportunity to express and to think things out and to talk things out and to bring up and invite their friends over and to have you know back in uh back in germany and in france for years and years they used to have these parlors and that's that's the idea letting people come together to a safe space and it doesn't have to be politically charged it is about our destiny as the jewish
1: people right amen dr alana thank you thank so you so very thank much you. keep up
0: your great work you do great work and everybody loves you and it's just so fabulous and, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's the world we live in but uh, maybe all just you know work more together that is the amen. key working together
1: Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Amen. Thank you for all the work you do. And everyone, if you want to look more into the fabulous work that Dr. Alana Heideman does, go to the website of the Israel Forever Foundation. So just Google and check it out. Thanks, Alana.
0: Thank you, Avi. Take Bye. Care.
1: All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this really was a very important deep dive uh, to have a better clarification, understanding, internalizing of the reality of what we're living in today. And hopefully you, for yourselves, for your families, you uh, have been inspired with some of the information that Alana gave over to move forward and make the world a better place for you, for your families. Obviously, if you're Jewish, while we're all going through this growing Jew hatred, don't let it get you down. We've survived thousands of years of this Jew hatred. We're gonna do great. We're gonna pass through this generation just like past generations, passed through those generations, and we're still here. Hold on to your Jewish identity, hold on to your Jewish pride, and pass it on to whoever you can, and we're gonna be okay, folks. And part of it is standing up for who we are and standing up for the truth and, stand and sharing it all. Signing off from the eternal and ancestral homeland of the Jewish people here in our undivided capital, Jerusalem. Thanks for watching, everyone. Pulse of Israel. Frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.